think a lot of people have struggled with performance management for remote workers in the sense of if I can't see them, how do I know what they're doing every day? Mm. And I think for a lot of leaders, that's been a real live challenge um, that they've uh, had to, to address. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Ian Moore on the show. Uh, good morning to you, Ian. Morning, Julian. Nice to be back on your podcast again. Yes, well, it's great having you on because you are our, our sponsor as well. So it's always great to have you on at the show as well to uh, to sort of um, show what, what you do as a business. Uh, you are the MD and founder of LodgeCourt. Uh, and you help SMEs with uh, their help HR support through tailored retain packages and there's a lot more to that so people need to engage with you to understand a bit more what you do so uh today we're going to be exploring something quite i think really pertinent at this time of year we're heading into christmas into the new year um and a lot of companies do a lot of performance management so we're exploring performance management and why this is relevant in today's uh, workplace and so the first one i suppose for me is if you could provide as almost a brief overview of the importance of performance management uh, uh, in this in today's workplace. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, as you rightly say, you know, th- this is the time of year where it's that dreaded moment from um, a manager or from a, an employee of we've got to go through the pain of the performance management process because it's year end. We, we want to review where you are, and, and it can be quite uh, an onerous process, and, and, and that in some respects. Um, but actually, if you peel it back a little bit, it 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 shouldn't actually be onerous at all. It should just be something that is part of your DNA of your of your business, whatever size it is, and however many people you employ. Um, and it should be much more about whether it's more about whether you delivered your your, your targets, um, but it's also having a a conversation around understanding somebody's strengths, understanding areas of of weakness um and helping to to have that environment where people can thrive and not just be seen as a tick box hr process exercise that you've got to go through in order for you to uh yeah either achieve your own objectives as a manager because often that's part of one of your objectives is to conduct the performance management process or, or even to, to get a, a financial reward for doing so. It, it should be more than that. It needs to be a more around uh, that culture uh, and that environment that allows people to thrive. Um, in terms of where where it sits in, in people's psyche, it can be seen as very much um, one of those things that is just a tick spock exercise, I've said, but it should be far more than that. It, it needs to be... A collaborative conversation um and i think in today's environment where there is lots more of remote working there's less potential engagement with individuals and their their teams and line managers this process will help ensure that people do have that engagement do have that feedback and have that sense of belonging which is really important as well at the moment you mentioned the word pain almost that sort of it's like a painful time of year it's a painful thing to do how do we sort of change that i suppose mindset because already when people think of performance reviews and i've done it for for many years and and it it feels like i've got to do this performance review and it's like and it's like a a massive task 
it's overwhelming and even the recipients is not looking always looking forward to it because of what we're going to say so so how do we change the the mindset of the individuals involved but also the culture of the business to see them as a, a much more positive thing in the business I think it just needs to be part of the day-to-day activities. You know, there's many um, apps out there and, and and online tools that, you know, co- co- collect information constantly. And, and they're all great, uh, whether they're good or bad for your business is a different conversation. But the premise is really, is really key because it's about having that discussion throughout the course of the year. It's about having the engagement, having the discussion, um, collecting the evidence as you go so that when you get to the end of the year you don't have that oh my goodness moment I've got to do this but all I want to do is go out to because I've got my Christmas holidays coming or whatever it should just be something that you just sort of go through in a relatively easy manner um, so collecting the information collecting the conversations having those discussions throughout the course of the year um, making it part of your your management style, making it part of your uh, standard working processes, just makes that that end of com- end of year conversation so much more straightforward and streamlined. But but equally, no surprises. And I think that's cool. part of the key thing as well is to make sure that you get to that point, whether it's at the end of December or whether it's the end of your financial year, that you just have a conversation with somebody with no surprises. So, and if there is a surprise, then as a leader you've not been doing your role through the course of the last couple of months because you've not given that feedback um so to to embed it which is i guess what we're trying to say it just needs to be part of the conversation you know and just same as yourself you know i used to dread this time of year doing uh, a number of reviews because you'd run out of time in your diary you you'd be trying to finish doing other stuff for year end perhaps and you'd be feeling you're squeezing it in Whereas if you're doing that holistic, it's part of my day-to-day thought process, then actually it, it just flows and, and, and you don't need to put any effort in. Uh, and I mean that not literally because you should put effort into any, every, any conversation with an, an individual about performance, but you don't need to be putting days and days of, of information and gathering, collecting um data whatever it might be to have that conversation because it should just be all there for you so how do we facilitate that because i agree with you is that it shouldn't be just once a year you talk about some performance how do we a facilitate it and what have you done in your own experience of where you've done this more regular stuff and, and how would that, how does that play out how does that sort of show itself up in, in a, a sort of in, in a business i mean a, a example yourself i guess yeah and, and i think i think like all good things, whenever we, we talk about um, embedding stuff into businesses, it has to come from the top. There has to be that value that the, the individuals see but and that is brought into by, by the leadership team or the, the MD or whoever it may be. So it needs to be driven from the top. And to embed it, it has to be valid and it has to be um, – it has to be appropriate for the business that you've got. So what we, what I've seen in my experience is that you, a lot of organizations have a very structured approach. You have a form, you've got to fill it out. You've got to go through all these steps and sign it, sign it 34,000 times, send it off and never be seen again through to those who basically just have a conversation on a regular basis. And 
that often for some types of businesses works better because it's informal it's engaging um you still need a record of it in some way or shape or form so that you can celebrate the success but also address any areas of concern so there's still a level of documentation but it, it needs to be appropriate for what you're doing so in our experience and certainly when i was managing large teams it was very much around have a conversation and ensure that you have that two-way feedback but not make it onerous and then the final piece has to be the person sitting next to you having that discussion uh, and informing them about their their performance has to believe and has to know that it's going to have some value to them going forward so there's no point having a conversation if the individual doesn't see the benefit of the process and, and that's quite key as well yeah i think my latter career i ended up it was almost like quite regularly one-to-ones with my team and even my my, my own boss the the sort of performance was sort of done in a conversational you know yeah. observations of things I need to work on were picked up and nipped in the bud at the time, which made it more relevant. Um, and it almost became a, an ongoing conversation. And not, as you say, the, the year end, it's good to document things because it's important to, to do that. Uh, and I found that effective. I, remember I worked in one business, I had a performance review, and they said something was, was almost was a surprise and almost felt like, well, why didn't you tell me six yeah. months ago that that came up? And, it, and it's like, I don't know, it's not helpful um, you talked about sort of, you know, performance management can help unlock sort of potential in the workforce. Could you sort of, I guess, elaborate on how that process facilitates unlocking people's potential? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, what the conversation has to be, it's not just about what have you done. It's what about what do you want to do? Uh, so look forward, looking to the future rather than always looking retrospectively. Um, and, and also, uh, you know, if you think about it, when when you when people are hired, they talk about their aspirations, they talk about their experiences and what they've done before, and, and all the sort of stuff. So you get that rounded view of an individual. After a period of time, if you've changed line managers and this sort of stuff, a lot of that knowledge is gone, uh, or understanding has, has has gone because it's not necessarily passed on. And you don't interview your your team in the same way when you take a new team on as you would if you were recruiting somebody. So these discussions also are an opportunity to, to talk about things that have happened and things that they believe they can bring to the, bring to the role, but also talk about their aspirations um, and whether or not there are things that, that they want to do or believe they can do based upon their past experience as well, that when you're planning for the future, you're looking at your organisation, looking at your resourcing, looking at new initiatives, you go, oh, I forgot that Anne used to do this, but let's see whether that's something we can we can we can use her skills and experience for going forward into this into this role. But equally, if someone has an aspiration to become a line manager or an aspiration to become more technical, these conversations can tease that out, and therefore you can put some training plans in place uh, to actually unlock that potential. Um, and sometimes it, it can also be things that people are doing outside of work that can unlock some potential as well that you're unaware mm. of. So, so these conversations are should be far more, in, far more overarching than just saying these are the list of objectives you set this year. This is how you've done against them. It needs to be far more about the the how have you done stuff 
and mm. why have you done things and what else can you do rather than just the 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 how in, in that sense um so having those bigger conversations and opening up a little bit i i think adds value if you go back to what we talked about before where the individual needs to see some benefit from this this process then having that and bigger understanding of an individual they they get a sense of engagement sense of belonging they're buying into what you're trying to do perhaps as a business and therefore going to be more engaged going forward but i do think there's, there's a key thing that i would like to say as well that i i think is really important I, i've always done this is that when you go through this process the the last question or the last topic we always used to talk about is we've just spent this last period of time talking about you now you give me some feedback and mm-hmm. and that's really important mm-hmm. as well um so that the individual understands that it's not a one way mm-hmm. set of uh evaluation or feedback it has to be two ways and if you do the two way stuff not only as a leader do you learn more uh but equally that individual that changes the relationship somewhat the individual can then give you that feedback from their perspective about what you do good and what you do perhaps not so well so you can also alter your, yourself going forwards and that i think is often lost in these processes that it's very much a one way streak yeah no i think it is always deemed as a, a one way street uh, and, and almost i think people interviewing people can be the same and i think approaching it almost like a, a learning opportunity for both of you sets a nice stage for something that can be really conducive and helpful for for both as you say and i, I like the idea of asking your direct report saying you know how, how about me then you give me some yeah. feedback on how i manage you how i lead you how i inspire you all that sort of stuff um and hopefully you get some nuggets out of that which would be helpful um i think the the learning piece is important as you say rather than oh you hit this objective or you didn't hit the objective it's almost well, whether you hit it or not, what did you learn in that process yeah. is a really helpful thing. And I, I got to a place with performance management reviews where a third of the time was spent on historical because it's important to review history and yeah. what's happened and what did you learn and that reflection. And then the other two thirds about the future development, what's next, how can we get you sort of better, develop you, et cetera, et cetera, just to sort of change the emphasis rather than just being all on the historical and then two minutes at the end about, or oh, how can we develop you? Um, now with the sort of changing landscape of, of work in the last few years, obviously with remote hybrid work sort of places, people with different sort of setups, how has performance management sort of uh, adapted to the meet, to meet the needs of this sort of dynamic workplace or what do we need to do to be different in that context? Just a short interruption to the episode to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in association with LodgeCorp, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at LodgeCorp and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So focus on what you do best and let LodgeCorp deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored, flexible monthly retained package that is right for you and your people. And they are offering an exclusive offer for the listeners of this podcast, where you'll get the first month's free in an annual retained contract. To get this offer, quote, helping organizations thrive. Now back to the episode. That's, that's a great question. Um, I, I think it has changed it dramatically. Um, I think a lot of people have struggled 
with performance management for remote workers in the sense of if I can't see them, how do I know what they're doing every day? Um, mm. And I think for a lot of leaders, that's been a real live challenge um, that they've uh, had to, to address. Um, I think the remote working piece is actually driven the need for uh, a better performance management process than perhaps it would have been before because you you, you have to you actually have to make the effort, and it sounds awful now I'm saying it out loud, but as uh, with a remote workforce, you have to make more effort to engage with them potentially and more effort to understand what they're doing um, than perhaps you would if they're in the office because you're not observing them and you're not having that day-to-day feedback type of thing. Where I think a lot of people are struggling with performance management, certainly for that remote or hybrid, is being able to have enough um examples or enough evidence to back up a a viewpoint on whether that person's good average or or poor but if you if you put the, the smart um organizations that are doing that in that gathering of evidence that gathering of feedback over a period of time and therefore it, it all comes back fundamentally to having that regular dialogue is it therefore doesn't become an onerous task going forwards it it is part of that day-to-day stuff so you're actually gathering it as you go rather than trying to think of examples and that's where some of these um, online tools have become really helpful because you are able to gather that you are able to gather um, feedback from peers customers uh, um, other other um, stakeholders um and put it into one place. So, you know, there's a lot of things around QDOS now where, you know, somebody, um, if they do a good job, the systems that, well, you, you can you can give the QDOS to that individual. All of that is really good because it gives you real-life examples. And certainly when people are not are remote, it, it just supports your, your feeling of whether that person is doing what they should be doing. And, and it's real, right? So it needs to be based on real evidence. I think the other part that people are struggling with with this diverse workforce is consistency of approach. So if somebody who's in the office four days a week compared to somebody who may be in once or twice a week or maybe twice a month or whatever it might be, mm. having the same level of knowledge of that individual, or those two individuals rather, can be quite difficult because it's much easier, it's human nature, it's much easier to form an opinion of something you see regularly or somebody you see regularly than to, to form an opinion of something you don't see very often. Um, but as a line manager, you need to take, you need to step back and take a more holistic view. And, and that is a challenge to, to stop the preconceptions uh, in your in your mind over, well, this person's doing really well because I see what they do every day compared to mm. the person I only see every so often. They can't possibly be doing the same sort of output quality whatever it might be so so you've got to it's, it's, you've got to uncheck that unconscious bias box in your head perhaps maybe a way of thinking about it so presenteeism and all that sort of stuff so it's so multi-layered it, it's it's become more complicated but actually mm-hmm. to some extent by it being embedded in, as a conversation in your day-to-day work it doesn't need to become any more complicated than a conversation and that's perhaps where people don't always join up the dots, so to speak. 
Yeah, you made some interesting points about that, people being in the office more than others. And there's that bias, unconscious bias, that you're observing and seeing the impact of somebody and actually creates a, a more positive view. And there's a, there's a thing about that, isn't it? A whole piece about that people tend to do better who are in the office more than who are not. Um, and that awareness. How do we, I, I guess you talked about this gathering data ongoing and being objective. How do we do that in a, a day-to-day practical way? Because I'm all for the thing that, you know, it's, you're not measured by, how long you do something or what you do, how long you spend on time or something. It's all about the results. Yeah. But with performance management, the result obviously is important because you might have a, an objective against it. To understand how people develop people, you need to understand how they did it as well, which is the important piece uh, for a positive thing and say, actually, you could do this in a better way and get even better results. Uh, but it's more difficult in a remote context when you're not seeing it as a day-to-day. So how can we do this in a objective way and almost help us against that challenge of the unconscious bias where some we see every day and observing it yeah it's about having those multiple touch points to people or that that have a, uh, interactions with that individual that you are assessing so you know it used to be very much around the 360 degree feedback um you know everybody would send be sent a form and you'd fill it out and you get a, a perspective perspective on it um that is still valid, but I do think it needs. It, it's not that formality anymore. It, it is very much more around having the conversation in the same way as you do with the individual, but with the stakeholders on a regular basis. So it's not always about um, when things go badly wrong or whether there's an issue. It should just be, you know, you, you're, you're working with Julian a lot at the moment, <clears throat> Any feedback for me? A conversation as that so as simple as that throughout the course of the year will give you those touch points as a line manager to actually understand the impact that that individual is having, positive or negative, uh, on on the wider uh, work, their stakeholders or their customers, whatever. So it's gathering that information and and having the ability to to reach out and talk to people, and it's it's on the conversation now much more than it is filling out a form. So filling out a form, I think, is is great to some extent because it's evidence and it's evidence-based and everything else. But you've got to have the conversation. You just can't send a blind form out to somebody and say, can you fill that in and give me your feedback? So creating that conversation on a regular basis also then helps you with your opinions and your perceptions of individuals throughout the course of the year because it just allows you to have that more rounded perspective rather than it being a one-time hit. And that's fundamentally where I think it's changed now of the one-time hit performance management process of you know, um, many years ago it is changing into being mm. part of a con- continuum throughout the course of the year but with specified review periods so that people have that in their um, in their diaries and in their, their mind's eye of what they're going to do. <clears throat> but I think the other part which we haven't talked about is the younger generation in terms of those who are you know, Generation Z and um, Generation X, <coughs> excuse me, um, coming into the workplace because their perceptions are very different to um, those who, who who may be coming up more up to retirement, that whole generation gap. And I know we've talked about that before and you've talked about that on your podcast with other people, how you, you – how you need to address the needs of the the new workforce 
compared to the the older uh, workforce because everything is different. Um, but what I, I've what we see and what I, I found is actually <clears throat> having structure is really important, and that's what people like as much as they like to be agile. Um, the, the current the new generation of employees coming in do like that level of structure. They like to understand what is acceptable and what isn't um, and what you expect from them because their social views are very different perhaps to, to my generation or if you just keep going and keep going because that's what your boss wants type of thing. To You've asked me to do this. I'm going to do this for you, but I'm not going to do anything else. Very generalized statement. I appreciate that. But actually having that structure allows them to get the best out of them about them because it sort of fits their uh, their social viewpoints perhaps in more mm. in some terms. And how does that structure look? Because it's interesting you, you make a, a valid point about looking at the different sort of generations and how we interact and we need to adapt. How different would that be with the sort of Gen Z's type of uh, generation in terms of that? Yeah, I, I think it, it is around that immediateness. So whereas um, you, you referred to it earlier about you, know, <clears throat> you had a conversation uh, with with one of your bosses in, in the past and it came as a bit of surprise of a, of a feedback, that was typically the way in which it would work is that you'd wait for a point in time to have that feedback. The Generation Zs and so forth, they're in the immediacy. They're in the, in the here and the now. So they want to know now whether or not they're doing the right thing, they're, doing, they're performing correctly. So actually having the conversation on a regular basis feeds into their their needs to actually have that immediate feedback that immediate understanding of whether of where they are and not have it on a quarterly half yearly or an annual cycle which perhaps is uh, certainly where um you know when i went to the working environment that was how it worked you, you didn't get much feedback until you got your review and then what's law will come out so actually, their social viewpoints and their way in which they they uh, interact actually, I think, has a benefit for everybody because it's actually forcing businesses, or should force businesses, to have that conversation on a f- mm-hmm. as far more regular basis. And that immediateness, if that's the right word, it is is there for everybody to see, rather than it just mm-hmm. being for, um, uh, for for that that group of individuals. There's almost this continuous, not continuous feedback because you don't want to continually paralyze people with feedback, but a continuous conversation that's just flowing and then at a point in time that you sort of set some time aside to review and document and obviously look at sort of future developments. But as you say, and I like the idea of that 360 approach, obviously rather than doing a formal 360 sort of psychometric, it's almost getting that conversation with other people. What do you think of this person? How are they doing? How is it yeah. with that project? And and just getting a more holistic view and, and bringing that as a evidence for, for positive and actually enhancing them and almost surprising them with actually in a positive way of actually this is some good feedback for you for what people are saying. And I think that's uh, really important. In terms of sort of looking ahead now and what do you see as, as future trends in performance management and how we should uh, organisation prepare for that? Um, I, I think, I think organisations are going to start moving, moving away, perhaps of using the performance management process 
and tying it so so rigidly into a reward pro- structure. So a lot of organisations will base their the, the bonuses off a percentage of the bonus would, would be payable perhaps on how well you were in your performance management review. I think that's going to be becoming a little bit more detached to some extent where um, it, you will get recognised in a different way for performing well in your role. Um, I think where it will get to in the, in the future will be far more around um, rewarding behaviour on a more regular basis than it being a one-time hit. So, you know, it, it, it may not necessarily be financial, um, but you know, if you, if you are performing well and you're consistently performing well, why wait for a an annual review if you're performing well over uh, a, a period? Well, you should be rewarded at that point, not rewarded at the end of it type of thing. Because um, I think where a lot of performance management processes are is that you might have had a really fantastic first half of the year but maybe not done so well in the second half of the year. So therefore, on average, you've been okay. So you don't really get rewarded for it. If you got rewarded for what you did well in the first half of the year at that point, the question I would always ask is, is that going to encourage that individual to perform well in the second half of the year, assuming everything is the same? And therefore, as an organisation, you are getting a more engaged, productive individual for a longer period because you've recognised their, their good performance mm. at the time. Leaving it for a year and then averaging it out, I'm always sceptical about whether that's good or bad. I get why people have done it. I understand that the, the mechanics behind it. But actually celebrating the here and now, I I would... I would argue would allow people to then continue on that momentum, continue on that progression curve and not necessarily take a dip. Yeah. People will take dips, get that. But maybe we need to think about it slightly differently. So I'm seeing organizations now who are uh, uh, using their performance discussions to um, recognize good performance at the time. And, and I think the analogy I'd say is that if you've got a bad, someone's, performing badly most organizations address it then at that point maybe it's onto an improvement plan maybe it's you know it may end up in parting ways whatever it might be you don't really have the the flip of that in the same way Mm. you don't always have people who are doing really well having a a recognition and the reward at the time it can often be left to the end of the year so maybe we just need to flip it around a bit yeah, you make a, a very good point, actually. As soon as there's some sort of bad performance, it has to be addressed usually quite quickly to get it sorted. But actually, when you see good performance, you should be actually encouraging it and thinking, okay, what else can this person do? Do you need more support? And it's not just about financial incentives here. It's about actually we think this person's ready to sort of take the next level, add more stuff into their, into their day uh, or in terms of or responsibilities, I guess. And it's that ongoing sort of development isn't it so i think that's that's really helpful actually i think that'd be useful uh, well thank you for your conversation thank you for the insights ian and uh, that's really helpful in terms of making performance reviews a a lot more interesting but also positive both for the 
the line manager and the direct report in terms of uh, a positive conversation, but that ongoing piece to make sure it's a it's an ongoing development piece and it's not just about the one conversation a year where you have to fill a big form in, uh, but to um, uh, minimise it with uh, a good conversation and then obviously document that. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and connect with you and find a bit more about how you can help them with that, uh, uh, what's the best way of doing that, Ian? Uh, so the website is lodgecourt.com. Uh, if you want to reach out directly, I'm obviously on LinkedIn. Um, my email is uh, ian at lodgecourt.com. I'd be delighted to, to, to talk to people and also get their views on performance management because, you know, uh, the more conversation we have over this about the good and the bad uh, and best practice and new ways of doing things, I think it's really important as well. Uh, and then the only thing I'd, I'd also like to say is that, you know, you, you mentioned at the top of the podcast that, you know, we, we do support uh, and sponsor this, this amazing podcast, um, which is one of our, our joys at the moment to our dad. <laughs> But as uh, listeners to the podcast, uh, we are offering a uh, an exclusive offer. If you were to become a retained client of, of ours, that uh, between now and the the end of February 2024, can't really believe I'm saying 2024 already, but between now and the end of 2024, then we, you can get the first month of that retained um, support for free. So if you were to sign up as an, an offer exclusively for for your your listeners and your subscribers, um, we would be delighted to um, to help them with their HR uh, activities uh, in whatever guise that they may need. Thank you, Ian, and thank you for that great offer. And uh, all the details will be in the the show notes. Uh, there is a link there to, to connect with you, but also we'll make sure that offer is explicit as well in the show notes uh, of this episode and, and going forward. Uh, thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you, Julian. Pleasure as always to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you like this episode, then please rate, review and share it with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, I coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions and it will help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.